Please listen carefully. And now, live from the aquarium in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two guys napping in a Wookiee's lap, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we are doing our series review of The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. The Star Wars animated series on Disney+. Plus. Did they give The Bad Batch a theme? I don't recall. I was about to start humming it, but I was like... Like a specific theme? Yeah, like, you know... Darth Vader has the Imperial March. I know of, but maybe. (laughs) But yes, the Bad Batch. So, Bad Batch, we know what it is because we're in the nerd sphere, but Mikey, do you have a synopsis what the Bad Batch is? It is a spinoff of the Clone Wars series, right? Yes, and it specifically deals with the Clone Troop 99, which is the uh, eponymous crew. There it is. There's my nickel word. Um, which is a bad batch of clones. But they aren't really a bad batch. They're more of an enhanced sort of experimental batch of clones. And it's following their adventures for 16 episodes. Yes. Before this came out, this was presented to be a a, a gap that was going to fill the gap between what happens at the end of the Clone Wars, Yes, like right when they end, to the formation of the Empire. It's supposed to kind of, a, a lot like... Um, the Battlefront 2 video game campaign, yeah, that kind of spans like the whole thing, but it does have a section where we were kind of see the formation of things. Bridging the gap, yeah. But that's bridging the gap between the two later movies. This is kind of bridging the gap between the prequels and the original trilogy. I got you. It's exploring the more political stuff. This The, the thing that the Clone Wars did well, mm-hmm. I feel, a Dave Filoni property. Yes, yes, as opposed to Rebels, which is also a Dave Filoni property. Rebels was a little different in the fact that it, Rebels wasn't so politically minded. The Clone Wars had the politics that George Lucas was super into in the prequels mm-hmm. that George Lucas kind of didn't present greatly Yes, in the prequel. I mean, he presented them greatly, but not to people's sensibilities, I mean. No, yeah. I, <laughs> a lot of people were like, what is going on? I'm so bored right now. It is super boring. That is one of my nitpicks about the prequels is like, I know like the political stuff in nature is cool, but just the way it's played out, it's like, all right, let's go. Come on. Yeah. Like, and the Clone Wars anime series does a much better job of presenting the political stuff. As does this one, but we can get into that. Exactly. So like I said, this is kind of presenting the politics of leaving the Republic and becoming an empire. Yeah. And kind of showing how that happens with the Bad Batch as the... Narrator? Narrator, I guess. Protagonist, yeah. Yeah. Where do we start off? We start off with a bang. The uh, the first episode one is called Aftermath. Yes. And it is kind of the pilot, too, because it's longer. Yeah, it's actually... It's a unique premiere because all the rest of the episodes are 22 minutes long, like the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels. But Aftermath, the first episode of this, the premiere is 70 minutes. It's almost its own movie. Yeah, it's a little mini movie. This is a, like, yeah, 70 minutes is more than triple. Wait, they're 22 minutes long? Yep. Why did they make it 66 minutes? Well, let's get into that right now. Okay, so two questions for you. <laughs> two opinions. It, it, this is a 16-episode series, which I had a thought is no longer the norm. Now the no. norm is like 8, yeah. 10, 12, max, 6 mm-hmm. at the lowest. 16 is a pretty bold number. It was. And they're 22 minutes long, which is standard sitcom cartoon length, but I don't know. What's your, what's your take on number of episodes and length of episodes? Well, I mean... The reason, I think, for them to do it is because they're dropping them weekly and it gets people to keep subscribed to Disney Plus for that many weeks. True. So if you only have eight episodes, they're only subscribed for eight weeks and they cancel it. (laughs) You're thinking Um, with money. I like it. So I think that's probably why they're doing that. I don't know if the animators are just kind of used to that because... Like you said, 22 is usually the length with your commercials to make a half an hour, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense in this case because (laughs) there's no commercials and it's going straight on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if they're expecting in the future they're going to put it on their cable channel that does have commercials. Maybe. Maybe. 
But overall, I think there was too many episodes. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. And like some of them were over in a blink of an eye, and you could just easily like cram a couple together yes. and be like, hey, let's like you're saying, let's make a 60 minute, 44 minute, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of criticism online about filler episodes. <laughs> and my criticism isn't necessarily there's episodes that are filler, but I think there's filler within episodes to yeah. get them to 22. And a lot of side questiness and yeah, yeah. yeah. But we start off with the premiere. That's 70 minutes, and we get to see Order 66, my Which favorite highlight. should have been 66 minutes. <laughs> oh, that would have been so great. three episodes, 22 plus 3, I mean, plus 3, 22 times 3, 66. Yeah. See, they should hire you. That's, that's smart thinking. Well, I mean, they want only have to cut off, cut off a few minutes. Oh, well, anyway. Um, so, basically, it starts off right before the end of the Clone Wars. The Bad Batch are fighting with the Jedi Master... Depa Bilaba. Bilaba, yes. And her Padawan, Caleb Dune. Yeah, which is a nod to the fans. Yeah, the, which he ends up um, being in Rebels as the Jedi in Rebels. Okay, I have not seen Rebels, so a quick question about him. Mm-hmm. I knew Caleb, I'd recognize that name as like, oh, this is somebody that has existed in Star Wars before mm-hmm. that I should be familiar with. You haven't seen Rebels? I haven't. You should see Rebels. Only Clone Wars. Okay, you see Rebels. I really like Rebels a lot. I had fun with Ben. We'll talk about this as we go through. (laughs) But so Caleb turns into another name. Yeah. Jairus. Yes, Kanan Jairus. Okay. Does his story like complete in Rebels or is he still like a wild card? That's a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you. You have to watch it. Fair enough. Well, then I I take back my question. (laughs) But it was cool to see the Jedi. Yes. And I mean, I, I always think it's neat to see Order 66 happen because it happens so fast in the movies. Yep. It's nice to kind of see it play out. I got you. Yeah. Um, which is they kind of string it out, play it out. Also, we have the kind of the B story, I guess, of Camino yes. and the Empire showing up at Camino mm-hmm. and Tarkin shows up. And yeah. again, the, here's the thing I'm going to, the, the internet has points. One of the points, like I said, filler. Mm-hmm. Another point is why you make universe so small. Basically, why are all these characters we already know showing up? Why true. can't you create new characters? True, true. Are these the only characters in the whole universe? Now, Tarkin showing up makes sense to me because the reason why the, the they're kind of shuttering the clone facility, mm-hmm. and we knew that was going to happen. That's not a spoiler because they're not clones in the original trilogy. There you go. But part of the reason is like, well, why is Tarkin there? Well, Tarkin's there. Because he's in charge of building the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. Building the Death Star is expensive. And I'm pretty sure he's being like, okay, how much is this clone facility costing us? I'm going to go take a look at it and see if it's even worth it. Yeah. And that's why he's there. And the flip side of the coin is like, if you don't have those players there in this story, because like this is now like a piece of lore that most people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. If not the details we're getting in Bad Batch, people know at least the outcomes or the progression of it. If they if they're not there, people would be like, "Why are they writing to avoid all these like people that should be there?" So yeah, but he also has his admiral or second or I forget what rank that guy is. That guy Rampart. Yep, I think is it's he yes. an admiral. Admiral oh. Rampart. Yeah. So he he's a new character. I don't remember him existing. Nope. I mean, if you wanted to make the world smaller, you could have easily made him one of the guys who was on the Death Star. True. There was a whole table full of guys at the Death Star. Yep. They could have picked one of those guys, but no, probably because he might die. <laughs> probably. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. It doesn't happen in this series. But but also in this episode, we have the introduction of the soon-to-be other character in the Bad Batch, Omega. Yes. Omega. Who's like a tween female who, why is she here? And we find out that she's a clone too. She is. And as we go through, spoilers, we're going to spoil her. We're talking about the whole thing. We find out that she's like a female Django clone. Yes. So she's basically their sister. Boba Fett's sister. Yeah. And was allowed to just grow up regular, just like Boba Fett was. Yep. But right from the jump, you can tell something's unique about her, just like we know that something's unique about Hunter, Rekka, Tech, and Echo. Yeah. So the Bad Batch guys are Hunter's the leader, who is Space Rambo. Yep. Because he's always got that headband and looks just like Rambo. And the face paint, or the tattoo, I guess. Just the only thing that makes him not Rambo is he can speak properly. (laughs) D. Bradley Baker doing him, and... Tech and Crosshair and Wrecker and, and Echo. Echo. One guy does all the voices. I did not realize that until after the fact, and I was blown away because it's yeah. it's distinct. It's five different people. Yep. So Hunter Space Ram was a leader. We got Tech, who is the tech. <laughs> the Donatello of the group, the nerd, yes. Yeah. 
Crosshair, who's their sniper. Crosshair. Yes. Wrecker, who's the big, dumb, strong guy. Their tank. And a cyborg named Echo, who actually isn't a deviant clone. He's a regular clone. Yes. Who was blown up and then cyborged. Yep. Saved by Hunter and put back together. Yeah. So he technically is a different quote unquote clone because he's has a cy- he's kind of a cyborg. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have the genetic mutation that these other ones did that caused them to be special, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. He he fits in with the crew, but he is his own thing. Now, just from the jump, I've watched these shows. I've watched Clone Wars. I watched Rebels. And I don't remember. I mean, maybe a lot of people say the first season Rebels, the first season Clone Wars, are kind of slow to start. But one of the things that kept hitting me in this show mm-hmm. is how kid show it is. Yeah. It seems more kid show to me. I, I don't know if I was missing stuff in Clone Wars or I'm thinking of the later seasons of Clone Wars or if I was missing stuff in Rebels and thinking of the later seasons of Rebels. But this like really came across as, and it, this could be a good or a bad thing, yeah, yeah. depending on who you are. Yeah. But, I mean, the names are Hunter, Tech, Crosshair, Wrecker, Echo. Echo is the only one that's kind of different. Doesn't mean anything, really. It's not just what he does. But, yeah, the other ones are what he does. And it's so, it's very Saturday morning cartoon. True. might be fine. Yep. But at the same time, we just got off watching The Mandalorian, right? Yes. And that's not made for kids at all. Nope. And I don't know. It's almost like I wish I'd watched this first before yeah okay because you've seen serious like mature star wars television yeah whereas before it was always like the series mature stuff is always in the movies yep and the television shows are we have to kind of gear them towards kids yep but we also know that the older nerds are watching so we're gonna put stuff in there for you true but for some reason this show came across me through the whole thing as very kitty yep with every once in a while it would show you something that felt like Rebels or Clone Wars to me, but had an overall kind of kitty vibe to me. Uh, no, I get it. I feel the same way about Clone Wars. That's why I had a, the hardest time getting into it, because the start of Clone Wars, like you're saying, is way more like Saturday morning cartoon. Mm. And then the later seasons, you get a little bit heavier, more thematic things, and they're dealing with like you know mature concepts. I think this starts off at a halfway point. Like We're being told the story essentially through the eyes of this clone child, Omega, so that's their like kid hook, but they're like there's heavy stuff in there. They're, I know. <laughs> that's the thing is that that's kind of what bumped me is it's decide what you're gonna be because if you are a continuation of the, or spinoff of the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars set yeah it started off kitty, but yep. it didn't end up kitty. Yeah, true. And Rebels has happened too, and that definitely didn't end up kitty. So. Who are you talking to here? Are you trying to get new fans in with this Omega? And if you are still, why are there some darker themes in there? And if you are still, why aren't you doing the thing that I liked when I was a kid and not talking down to the kids and letting them figure it out? Because one of the things that bumps me is not not just the names. That's fine. Whatever you're going to do, that's cute. But there's so much expository dialogue in this show, yeah, it drives me nutty by <laughs> Like, what's that thing over there? That thing is the thing that does this. Why does it do that? Because it does this for this. Yeah, It happens episode after episode after episode after episode, and it, it's like the only dialogue Echo and Tech have, the only reason they're there is for expository dialogue. And Omega is the, is the audience who has to learn it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if feels sometimes like you're at a movie and that annoying little kid is there <laughs> who's like, Daddy, Daddy, why are they going in there? What's that thing and yeah. why is it glowing? Yeah. What is that? You know, and it's like, ah, uh, it's the show not tell thing. Show me. Exactly. I, th- I mean, I think you have to do that because it is first and foremost a kid show. I know. Maybe. See, is it? <laughs> okay. Anyway. That's a lot to say, but the first episode, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. Good yep. way to start. And nice and long. Good. We got to see Order 66. Meet all the Bad Batch. Do you have a favorite? You asked me about my Ninja Turtle favorite last episode. Of the, so. of the Bad Batch? Yeah. Who's your favorite out of the Bad Batch? Crosshair. Okay. And I'll tell you why as we go through. <laughs> okay. I got to go wrecker for me. But yeah, we get to meet the Bad Batch. They team up with Omega. And then we learn the crux of the rest of the season at the end of this episode, speaking of Crosshair. Yeah, so for some reason, because of the, I mean, this is fine. <laughs> I say this is fine because some people are like, well, why is that? 
because they are genetically mutated or whatever, their inhibitor chip, that thing that made the clones do Order 66... Turn against the Jedi. Turn against the Jedi is malfunctioned in them. Yeah. Because they're basically... They're a bad batch, get it? (laughs) (laughs) So they don't get Order 66, but Crosshair seems to. Yes. Or does he? That's the... That's where, (laughs) you know, we get... Bum, bum, bum. Basically, Tarkin shows up to be like, okay, well, you're saying let's keep using these clones. I'm not so sure. Yeah. I'm not really impressed by them. But you say you have this elite clone group. Okay. Hey, there's some rebels over there. Go kill them all. Yeah. There's and, these insurgents. We, yeah. They're, they're a problem. Go yeah. fix this problem for us. And the Bad Batch shows up and they're Saw's people. Because why not? Saw Guerrero, yes. Yeah. People say that's making the universe too small. But come on. There's how many insurgent groups are there? There's the we've talked about it. There's Saw's rebels, and then there's the other rebels. Yeah, and even still, we've seen Sagarera for one movie and like a couple episodes of TV before this. So they're just filling yeah. in the gaps. Yep. So their inhibitor chip isn't gone off. They're not fully loyal. Yep. They're like, we never killed civilians before. We ain't doing that. Well, that gets them put in jail. Omega got put in jail for running around <laughs> doing stuff she wasn't supposed to do. Yep. So that's how they kind of hook up. Mm-hmm. And because she's little, she can escape them, and then they all escape together. But Crosshair's like, what's wrong with you guys? We're soldiers. We had orders. A good soldier follows orders. A good soldier follows orders. And I'm like, oh, no, his inhibitor chip went off. But did it? You know? <laughs> but did it? <laughs> did it, though? Thorface. Yeah, that's kind of the, the crux of it. They basically kidnap this girl. Sort of rescue. There's I a, don't know. There's a Star Wars magic force sensitivity. Like she, there's a bond between her, her being a clone that's unique and them being a clone yeah, that's exactly. unique. So, but it's also one of my favorite Star Wars themes. It's found family. Yeah, like yeah. Lone wolf and cub. Like this person needs help. These people can help. Let's go solve yeah. problems and shenanigans. So Crosshair doesn't want to go with him. They leave him behind, and Crosshair's like, "Hey man, I'm loyal to the Empire," and they're like. Hey, man, you're in charge of this new commando group Yeah, that has regular people in it. Wait, what? Regular people? Which we'll get to in episode three. So episode two happens. That's cut and run. Is this filler episode? That is not a filler episode to me because okay. it made sense that they're like, what do we do now? Yep. We've basically deserted. And they're like, oh, we know a deserter. Mm-hmm. This guy from one episode, I think, uh, <laughs> which, of course, and again, here's the key thing. He deserted, and his name's Cut. Wow. Get it? He cut. He cut and ran. <laughs> and the episode's called Cut and Run. Yeah. But he left and started a family, and it's kind of... I don't think it's that filler, because that's where they find out that there's chips in them. And chain codes and And that's stuff. where they introduce the chain codes for how the Empire tracks everybody, so they're introducing that yep. uh, system. So. I didn't have a problem with that. And they also did the thing where they kind of addressed why do you have this girl? Why is this girl going to stay with you? Because th- this guy has a family. And Hunter's like, you should stay with this family. You'll be safe. Yep. He's your brother, just like we're your brothers. But he's got a wife mm-hmm. and kids you can play with. So you should stay with them. And she's like, no, I want to go with you. It's an echo of Mandalorian. So, yeah, I thought that episode was fine. Made sense to me. I got you. Uh, to me, it was like we're, the exposition aspect we were talking about. Like, it, I get that. It makes sense. They're laying low. You know, they're regrouping before they figure out what their next move is. But it's also a chance for, like, Omega learns what a ball is. And Omega, like, gets oh, off her yeah. world. Like, which is great. Well, well, that might be the filler within the episode that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, it's, it's giving the kids something to focus on, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, she is what we're learning the world through. So, can't get too mad at it. So, the episode three was the replacements. And that's where we talked about... Crosshair is put in charge of these regular volunteers, basically, enlistees. Yep, no longer clones. No longer clones. We'll later know their TKs are their designation. Do we know what that stands for? I don't know. Usually they have like... Oh, yeah, CT for clone trooper. Yeah. I don't know. Killer troops? Technical. (laughs) Oh, TK. So, yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) We should know this. (laughs) And actually, I really like this episode. Yes. This is one of the better episodes. They do a good job of explaining why these people volunteered, why they think the Empire is better than the Republic. Yes. One of the guys really explains that he came from a planet, that under the Republic wasn't that great, mm-hmm. and that his family had a real hard time, and the Clone Wars really messed things up. Yep. Now he gets like three hots and a cot <laughs> working for the Empire and... Yep. You know, all it's the, order and stability. Yeah, they're bringing order and stability to an unstable universe. 
I like this, and we brought this up as a point that was favorable about the Mandalorian as well, is, like, you get to see the massive scale, like, because it's the Empire versus non-Empire, right? And that's, like, the global story. But with uh, Miggs, <laughs> Bill Burr, and Mandalorian, we get the first-person, like, guy-on-the-street view of it, which mm. is always better, because yeah. it's, like, it's not just an entity fighting an entity, you know, and mm. the elites are going after each other. It's like, yeah, man, I joined up, because <laughs> they're giving me three hots and a cut. Crosshair is like, oh, I, this is this is the right decision. I follow orders, and this is where the power and the right of the universe is. It's crazy. Yeah. Now that was kind of the B plot. That I think the A plot was Omega running around chasing after some dragon who stole a part from the ship, which was again, yep, really. It, it, there's so many ship MacGuffins in here. Like, yeah. oh, we need a part, or oh, we need supplies, or oh, this isn't working. It's the ship again. Yeah. Their ship is really cool. I got to give that. I picked it for my my build a Star yeah. Wars crew, the Havoc Marauder. That ship is rad, yeah. but it was cool in the Mandalorian. Now it's a little bit much to be like, oh, well. That's the thing too about this show. There, it has so many parallels to the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on purpose or if it just happened to be that way, but it kind of makes it seem like, uh, we didn't we do just do this? Yeah. You know, there's I know consistency. you like Lone Wolf and yeah. Cub, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we just did a Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, so it, it, it's bordering the line between consistent and redundant. Yes, yeah, it is really bordering that line. But anyway, I, yeah. I, this episode was good to me because it had a lot of development for Crosshair, mm-hmm. and you did get to see Omega's. She can do stuff. She's coming which, into her own, which makes which is fine here. Pour, it's yeah. fine here. Later on, it gets a little bit like. Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. I like it because for being a kid show, they give the kids in the show a lot of agency, which isn't usually yeah. a thing. They're usually like the catalyst for things going wrong, which is true in this show. But I like, don't know about that. I think they're the catalyst for fixing things that went wrong, which I think is a little too much sometimes. I mean, they are special kids, but it's kids having a voice, which in a kid's show, awesome. No, you no. Know? Yeah, but I just think it was kind of clunkily done. And a lot of this, a lot of my problem with this series yeah. is... The Bad Batch is supposed to be like this elite, like the A-team. They're one of the best. Yeah. They mess up so much. And Omega has to bail them out. The kid bails them out? Yeah. That- I think you could. <laughs> I think you can make stuff go wrong without it being bumbling, especially of, of Wrecker. But we'll get... I have yeah, stuff go. to say about Wrecker well, when we'll get there. Anyway. Yeah. Episode four is called Cornered. Yeah. Oh, the universe is so small. Why is Fennec Shand here? Well, you know, Fennec Shand hasn't been anywhere really before. They're using a new... This is a new character. True. They're using a new character. Mm-hmm. And, oh, a bounty hunter's after Omega. That seems familiar. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're mad about seeing, like, one of the best bounty hunters ever again, I mean, you're talking about people that make clones that are going to hire the best of the best to make sure that right, their right, property right. is returned. Exactly. Ugh. I thought this was a great episode. I like seeing Fennec Shand... I like the, it kind of had that, the good Saturday morning thing, the after school special thing, <laughs> you know, watch out for strangers. Yeah. Omega doesn't know. She grew up in Camino. She doesn't know not to St- go with stranger danger. Yeah. She doesn't know stranger danger. Your mom's supposed to give you a passcode if a friend's going to pick you <laughs> up. The passcode is banana bread. I mean, yeah, it's, but, she doesn't know that stuff. She's young yeah. and naive. Yeah. She gets basically kidnapped and then. We have the Bad Batch and Fennec Shan fighting. We have vibes of the Coruscant flying car chase. Oh, yeah, yeah. From episode two mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was a good episode. Exciting, fun. We get to see Fennec Shan again. Always a good Fennec character. Again. Anything stand out in that episode to you? No. It's a little filler. Just, I mean, it's great to see Fennec Shan, but that seems the entire point of this episode. So yeah, it does its job and it leads us to our next MacGuffin, which is to meet Sid. Yes. Five, Rampage. So they're like, who hired this bounty hunter? And they're like, oh, I know of some, Echo knows somebody. Oh, Echo, you're useful for once. <laughs> Other than being R2-D2. That's it. <laughs> Plugging into stuff and opening doors. Uh, <laughs> he has a contact on Ord Mantell yep. and named Sid. So we get to meet Sid. This episode is the most pointed to as a filler episode. Okay. But it doesn't make sense to me because this episode is a establishment of and this happens in the mandalorian tons too but it makes sense is okay i have this information for you Mm -hmm. but you got to do something for me first there you go and the do something for them was getting a baby rancor which (laughs) turned out to be jabba's rancor it's all all ties together it's fun to me and a lot of people said this episode was filler but 
and like why are you connecting it to Jabba's writing? Well, she needed to do it. To me, this is fine writing. As yeah. much as I was criticizing all the expository writing stuff, to me, this is fine. Yep. In that it's like, okay, we need a job for the Bad Batch to do. They, so, yeah, they need to build a right. repertoire so, with Sid. So what kind of job could we have them to do? And they came up with, a well, they got to get a rancor, a fetch quest, and <laughs> the fetch quest is a rancor, and the rancor is the one that Jabba had, and they got did it for Bib Fortuna. What's the problem? He had to get the rancor somehow. Maybe as far because as far as this season goes, that's the only real mention of Jabba, right? Yeah, we never really see him again. No, but I so mean, maybe it's they're setting up for season two. But I don't know. I don't know. It's cool to see them again and hear about them. Yeah, I thought that episode was fine. The episode is great because it has Sid in it, who is Rhea Butcher, who is a uh, Carla from Cheers. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a new trend in Star Wars of doing like sassy businesswoman ladies in there. Amy Sedaris, Rhea Butcher. Uh, I hope they make that character in every property that they do. I like it. <laughs> the talk back, like, I don't take no nonsense. Like, this is how it's going to go and we're going to get paid and you're going to make me money and no questions. <laughs> there we go. We think Rampage is fine, Internet. <laughs> take that. Episode five is, is called Decommissioned. This is a filler episode. <laughs> What do you mean that the intel and the battle droid's head that they are randomly asked to go find isn't important? This episode to me was so. This episode almost made me stop watching. Okay. This I got bored. I kind of did stop watching for a little while. It was. So, this was my point. Pause point two. That's weird. Yeah, because it didn't. What? Why? Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with anything. I mean, if they just wanted to jam the Martez sisters in there. And I to, guess, yeah. And to jump ahead just a slight bit, it's there. It's a narrative connection for them to talk to Captain Rex. But but see, I don't see. There is a million ways yep. that Rex could be informed that they're in the situation that they're in. Yeah, um, Cut could have done it yep. from a few episodes before. Mm-hmm. Saw's people, true, could have said, "Hey, these clone troopers showed up with this crazy thing, and they had ninety nines on their helmet, and they didn't kill us." That's true. Yeah, and yeah. then some other ones came by and tried <laughs> to kill us. It was so weird, man. You had to be there. You know, if there's was a there's a million ways for Rex to get word of, and also Sid has like this bar. Yeah, so people are in out there all the time. It's the inn for your D and D party. Yeah, I don't I don't understand other than by putting the sisters in there somewhere, but. Why a whole episode? I, I'm with you, and this may not be enough justification, but this is relevant to the point. Uh, this is the start of one of the things I do really enjoy about this whole series. There's so many great action set pieces in this. Usually in a Star Wars movie, you get like one big battle or one big fight or one sort of action set piece. Being in this decommissioned droid thing that starts falling around them is a great action set piece, and it's the first of like six that I have in my notes. But So that's where it starts. That was cool. The animation's great, but... As far as what happens and why it happens, yeah. you're right. It's it, nothing. No. But it did lead us to an episode that I liked a lot, but also had a problem with. But Let's do it. Uh, episode 7 is called Battle Scars. Rex shows back up and is like, hey, remember me? Hey, you got to get those chips out of your head. <laughs> the one problem they have and the one person they can talk to. How serendipitous. So it's kind of neat because they go to a new video game world. Yes. They go to Bracco, which was in the Fallen Order game, which I didn't like very much, but still, <laughs> I mean, it was neat that it was there because that's the only place that has a med bay that can take a clone yeah, it's ship like, out. Yeah, it's like a starship graveyard is where on yeah. this planet, and so they find one that still has a working med bay to get their surgeries done. Now, here's the thing is that the whole, like, we got to get this done quick thing is because Wrecker's chip is starting to act up. To turn on. Yeah. He's starting to go crosshair. Yeah. And here's my my problem now. My problem is is that when Wrecker's chip goes off, Mm -hmm. he suddenly becomes extremely capable in everything that he's supposed to be. Through so much of the show, he's shown as a bumbling idiot who can lift things. Yes. And that's pretty much all he's good for. Yes. Lifting things and then screwing stuff up so Omega can save the Bad Batch. But as soon as his chip goes off, suddenly he's this ruthless, very dangerous, extremely capable menace to the entire Bad Batch. <laughs> like, yeah, I what? <laughs> you know, you're either B.A. Baracus all the time or you're not because he is. Less, see, I think the A-Team, the old show from the 80s. Absolutely. The B.A. Baracus character is a similar character to Wrecker. But B.A. Baracus doesn't mess stuff up. True. He's extremely capable and he's scary. 
His fault is he's afraid of getting in an airplane, so they have to knock him out anytime they need to fly, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the comedy is. Now, they do make records scared of heights, which is very similar to B.A. Baracus, and that's fine, too, but the bumbliness, I can't deal with... I can deal with him being dumb and, like, maybe not knowing stuff and doing the stuff like the Draxy stuff where he doesn't get jokes, you know, yeah. or things like that. Because yeah. Drax is kind of that character, too. True. He's not dumb. Ha <laughs> you look stupid. Exactly. Yeah. But he's not dumb. He's just, you know. Yeah. Then he can, he's strong, can lift stuff, and he's scary, and he'll, he'll put two knives in your... He has a higher strength yeah. stat than he has a charisma stat. Exactly. Yeah. But so, I don't know, man. It was like, now he's like, they act like he is. True. When his chip's gone off. Yeah, I can only kind of speculate justification, but I'm with, like, they do make him bumbling. I'm like, how did they ever make it through the Clone Wars with him? If Omega wasn't around back then, how did they not? Was it because there was Jedis around to help him out? But like, <laughs> uh, there's so many aspects. I don't know which one I'm on a tangent. <laughs> so like, yes, it, it to me, it makes sense. Like if the chip goes on, that's like uber perfect program mode. Like nothing should go wonky like you have an algorithm that tells you what to do and all outcomes that's how it goes mm-hmm. like okay switch on chip on wrecker is perfect wrecker mm-hmm. that makes sense to me because that's why the chip is in there nah. but because they are the bad batch they have a variable inside them that makes them unique it's unique for good things like wrecker knows explosives and detonation and all that but he also has his variable his human element that he's kind of a big dumb guy you know at least well, we keep saying dumb and it really isn't dumb but he's like he's bumbling but that's how, like, that's the, I don't like the bumbly part. That's the big, that's the tank thing. Like, you're supposed to hit your elbow on stuff and knock things off a table by accident. <laughs> but also, like, if you get punched three times, it doesn't phase you. <laughs> like, that's the character sheet balance. For me, my one of the favorite relationships in this series is Wrecker and Omega more than Hunter and Omega. Yeah. So I just have a real soft spot for well, Wrecker. I don't mind that relationship at all either. And I think it's sweet. And yeah. like, he's like, they're almost on like the same intellectual level or something, but that doesn't make sense because she's way smarter than all the rest of them. <laughs> but I mean, he has that kid-like thing. Yeah. But I just, the problem I have is the bumbliness within a mission. If it's in, if everything was in the ship, True. like he's like you said, he's knocking over yeah. cups in the ship when yeah. nothing important is happening, fine. But there's been times where he's bumbling while they're doing mission stuff. Yeah. Yep. So many times, multiple times. And I, and to me, I'm like, how did they ever make it through the Clone Wars? Is it just because they were fighting those dumb droids? <laughs> Maybe. So that you know what that means? Tarkin's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Humans are better than clones. It's true. Because clones are good for droids. So you know what I came up with, though? What's that? Tarkin's right. Han Solo's right. Han Solo's right how? I get the Tarkin right. Good against remotes is one thing. Good against the living? There you go. That's true. Well, it's so a new variable. Told Luke when he was on the ship. And that defends why the Bad Batch does get away with so much stuff because they aren't like, I mean, there's a living element to them, but goes both ways. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe I figured it out, but I still don't think it's okay. I don't think you should be making as many mistakes. But like, it's also, it's a kid show, so it's the sum is greater than its parts as far as the Bad Batch goes. Wrecker's dumb, but Tech and Echo are super smart. Hunter's super smart. So they all balance each other out. I don't know. I guess. (laughs) Anyway, they get their chips out and that was a pretty good episode. Otherwise... Now the great action piece where the the starship implodes and they crash and get away from Crosshair, who finds them again? Yeah, that's in the next episode, episode eight, oh. Reunion. Crosshair shows up because the Scrappers Guild saw the Bad Batch running around and informed the Empire, and yeah. Crosshair shows up. And Reunion's a great episode. It's just Crosshair versus the Bad Batch, basically. In an awesome-looking set, yeah, where they blow up the armory and like shoot guys out windows. Yeah. Oh, love it. I really liked episode eight. Episode 9, Bounty Lost. Oh, yeah, at the end of Episode 8, Cad Bane shows up. Another returning character. Which is great. I was excited to see Cad Bane. Yeah, the only reason you'd be mad is if you don't like Cad Bane, and how can you not? Because he's like, he's super space western, like outlaw. He's great. Great voice. Love it. Yeah. Uh, He captures Omega. Again, proving Bad Batch are not good against the living. True. Because Cad Bane just takes care of him. Hunter didn't have a chance. Shot him right in the chest. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Cad Bane is absolutely no clone or droid. No. He, he will take whatever measures necessary to get what, yeah. get the job done. Good thing he had that old clone armor, not the new Stormtrooper armor. <laughs> uh, and then the Bounty Lost is the, basically the episode is 
Cad Bane versus Fennec Shand. For the battle over Omega. The battle over Omega, which is interesting. And then we find out, this is where we find out that Fennec Shand is actually hired by the the nice Kaminoan? Kamino? Kaminoan. 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 Yes. Is that Nala Say, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's Nala Say, there's Lama Sue. They all sound like sororities. It's really true. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Beta Kappa, which sent the bounty hunter for it. No. Uh, yeah, Nalase is the one that sends Fennec to get Omega to, to protect s- her. To save her, because Lama Sue is like, go get her DNA, because it's the only pure DNA we have left of Django, because we don't know where Boba is, yep. and then kill her. Yeah, get the DNA. doesn't matter if she yeah. survives or not. Yeah, and again, that's dark as heck. Go kill a kid. That's dark as heck, and then you're going to give me this expository little kid dialogue. Just don't. <laughs> Let him figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Imply. That's way creepier. Uh, So anyway, that was good stuff. I like that episode a lot. I super like Cad Bane's robot. Toto 360. It's great, man. Do you know who voiced him? Who? Seth Green. Oh. I didn't even recognize him. That's awesome. Yeah. Seth Green coming back. He was great in uh, Mass Effect. He's great in Family Guy and he's great here. Oh, but man. yeah, Toto was was an awesome robot. Yeah. He's like, it really does feel brand new. You put my leg back on for me. Ten, common ground. I literally wrote filler boring episode. <laughs> Why getting, is this episode here? Because it's, 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 we've seen what's happening in the world from like man on the street point of view. Now we need to go up to like village, town, senate area type view. I know, but you could have done that later on. You can. That's already kind of later on in the episodes on Ryloth. Uh, I'm with you. In my notes, I, I have just written down this sentence. There are so many scenes from balconies, like starting yeah. right now, like addressing this... the crowds, like, the Empire's not bad. I know they look like they dress like bad guys, but they're here to save us, I promise. I think this is positive as like the separatist point of view yep. of what's happening, which, sure, uh, didn't we need a whole episode of it? No. No. I think, yeah, we get two of them, kind of, but yeah. yeah. No. One from humans and one from the Twi'leks. Sort of yeah, different points of view. Kind of that. Let's next. <laughs> <laughs> now here we get into, this is, these two next episodes are the Ryloth episodes, 11 and 12, Devil's Deal and Rescue on Ryloth. I'm going to kind of lump them together because they literally feed into each other. That's it's what I was saying you should do with the episodes. Really anyway. a 44 minute episode. See? Yeah, this episode is, this episode got memed a lot as the Rebels prequel episode which yep. it is, and it also got memed a lot because the Bad Batch is hardly in it. <laughs> yeah, they're only in, like, the setup scene, I yeah, think. So it's kind of like, what what show are we making here? Yep. Because you can get away with stuff like that in the Clone Wars because it's called the Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. anything that happens in the Clone Wars with anybody at any time is fair game. Yep. You can tell the story of Kit Fisto doing his stuff and not deal with Anakin or Obi-Wan at all. And they did stuff like that. You can go all over the place because it's called the Clone Wars. Yeah. This is called the Bad Batch. So it should really deal with the Bad Batch. Exactly. And yeah, you're using it to further the story and the canon and all that stuff. I get what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. And I really like these episodes because I like Rebels a lot. Okay. But I don't know why they're in this show. They could have been their own thing. It's setting up a lot of stuff. I think it's really just to tie into like the rebel stuff because you like it so much. They know other people like it and they're sort of saying like, hey, these kind of go together. Yeah. Good on them, though, because after watching that last boring episode with some of the other filler episodes, I was like, I really I had kind of stopped watching it for weeks. Yep. And then I watched the devil's deal. I saw Hera was in it. And then I was back on board and then I watched the rest of it. (laughs) It was it was cool seeing Hera as like early pilot lover. And yeah. Yeah, so it's on Ryloth. We get to see the Sandulas, Hera and her father, Cham, from if you watch the Clone Wars, that's all covered in there. This is like a really bridge between Clone Wars and Rebels. Yes. Uh, this show. And I don't know, I thought these episodes were great. We get the introduction of Captain Hauser, mm-hmm. who's a clone whose chip did go off, but was so loyal to Cham because he fought with him to free Ryloth mm-hmm. that... He's actually conflicted because he's like, okay, well, I did my order. Yep. That's done. All the Jedi are gone. Those traitors are gone as far as I know. And I'm left here occupying a place that I freed. Mm-hmm. And I have the guy who fought next to me, Cham Sandula, Who I'm loyal to. Who I'm loyal to, telling me that I don't like what the Empire is doing. It seems a lot like what 
the separatists were doing. Yep. And he's like really conflicted. Here's one of my problems with the show. In these two episodes, that one clone trooper had more character development than a bunch of the guys on the Bad Batch itself. Because <laughs> we're only going to see him for these two episodes. We're going to be with the Bad Batch and the other... No. I know, yeah. but... He really does... It's two episodes and he's like, oh, I figured... Like, I get it. I'm developed yeah. now. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> but it is interesting to see that the, the outcome of the chips isn't like a, a binary thing. Yeah. Yes, the Bad Batch were worried about it. That's why they took him out. But, I mean, it plays into what we learned about Crosshair in a little bit. And now this guy, like, the chips are wonky in all facets. So there's really no telling what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they only made you think that the Jedi were traitors and needed to be destroyed. That's it. That's it. It seems, at least, that's it. That's kind of the impression I'm getting. Is it the impression you're getting that they're kind of coming across? Yeah, it was like an order that could not be refused. Like exactly. You, they were your enemy, and you must hunt them. Yes. But beyond that, it wasn't like make them loyal to the Emperor. Yep. And I maybe that's part also the reason why Tarkin showed up. There you go. he wants to see. There you go. And why somebody's about to lose a contract in a really <laughs> bad way, because it seems like, uh-oh, uh you're not as advertised. It seems almost like the Empire was, or the Emperor, mm-hmm. was sold that this was a loyalty chip and not just a kill the Jedi chip. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, like, the main thing goes wrong. Like, so they find out there's a contingency that isn't loyal. Yeah. Interesting. There's interesting stuff in this <laughs> show. Just the presentation. Ah, yeah. It's like a, a decent fast food meal. Mm-hmm. Like, this is good, but it's still fast food sometimes. <laughs> Can it, you know, just, it's like the world's best breakfast cereal. <laughs> it's, it's delicious, but you're still just eating breakfast cereal. <laughs> uh, so, the, I, I don't know if we need to go more into these, but basically, it deals with Ryloth getting taken over by the Empire. Yep. And Hera, how Hera becomes a rebel, just like her father, mm-hmm. but rebelling against the Empire instead of the Separatists. Yep. And, an, and Chopper, an, Chopper's back. Oh, Chopper, a, a fan favorite. Good to see him. But it is an, it's like the third beat on the idea that if somebody's in trouble, the Bad Batch has to help no matter what, even though they'll they'll sit there for five minutes and explain what the consequences are and how impossible it is, but then they'll go and do it. Well, that's the one thing I really like about Omega's character that's done well, mm-hmm. and I think they need to lean into that more, is that she really is the moral compass Yes. of the Bad Batch. These guys are soldiers and all they know is soldiering and they're grown fast and she's technically older than them mm-hmm. and she's been grown slow. So even though she just only lived on Camino, she still has a little bit more just life experience here and there. Yep. Maybe she read a lot of books. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, she has this very strong moral compass that they don't seem to really have. And I really like that part of her character. I like more of that way she directs them Mm -hmm. than like saving their butts when they're bumbling oh absolutely absolutely i I think like if they leaned more into we need to do this kind of thing because it's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and then they're like resisting and then they're like nah the kid's right this is the right thing to do we have to do which is what they do here when they go save Hera and help the Sandulas out. And it's and, and it yeah, and it yeah. makes Omega less of like a, a property that the Bad Batch has to protect and more of she's now a member of this crew. Yes. The more she does stuff like that. Exactly. And there's Heck also yeah. ways there's also ways to in my mind there's ways to make her capable without the you stay here Omega. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the mission, screw it up and you have to save us. Nope, yeah. There's ways to make her capable without that happening there's i don't know what they all are because i'm not writing a show right now but i know there are yeah but in a kid's show it's way easier to be like this went wrong oh no yeah yeah I know. again the kid's show thing and then they're <laughs> like go kill the girl anyway the episode 13 was infested which i found to be a boring filler episode it is a D side quest alert why was this in the middle of all this i have no idea because their D guild party in is in trouble and they have to go back to base yeah, to protect uh, it just a separate module this was so filler and again this was like oops i dropped my flashlight no i'm a big dummy (laughs) two points though Uh, this is another action set piece when they go through the hive and the mine carts and all that very indiana jones very alien super cool and then i think this is the first introduction at least for me of the pike aliens i'd never seen them before yeah we got to hear about the pike syndicate and other stuff so they look super cool. They sound like Cad Bane. I love that voc- uh, vocoder effect, but absolutely a filler episode. Yes. 
then we go on to another really good episode that's not filler at all that drives the, the story and the plot more war mantle where Rex needs the Bad Batch to do something. And see, to me at this point, I know you like Sid and who voiced it and everything. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, but I think that there came a point when Rex showed back up, I think at that point they should have just been doing missions for Rex. Yeah, but they kind of explained that when Rex and Hunter were having, the, while they were getting the chip, everybody else was getting the chips out, Rex and Hunter were having the, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. They decided blah, blah, blah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that decision is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, uh, valid, valid. <laughs> Because they end up doing this for Rex anyway. It was the episode 14 is called War Mantle, and this is where we find out how Gregor ended up in Rebels. So if you want, you need to watch Rebels because <laughs> all these clones who were seeing Escape Order 66, they didn't really escape it, but whatever, they survived it. Survive Order 66, they show up in Rebels as old guys. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And now they're using this show to explain how they get there, and Gregor was one of them. So this is the episode to show how... Gregor gets out and advances the plot yep. and introduces something from old canon, the clone commandos from the video game. Yeah. They show up. Ralph McQuarrie, Stormtrooper, concept art armor. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's shows right. up in this too. So the whole point is that Crosshair and his guys were so successful that they move on with a program that will take clone commandos, yep. which are super elite clones, which is basically what the Bad Batch is, mm-hmm. take clone commandos and use them to train the TK volunteer troopers. The meat shields, the human yeah. component. And that's what they find a facility that's so trilogy looking, very Death Star, Imperial facility oh, looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like this episode a lot, except why are you still stunning everyone? Bad Batch. I know <laughs> I get you guys stunning. Again, this kid's show junk. I get you guys stunning other clone troopers because you see them as brothers mm-hmm. and you don't want to hurt them. Yep. But... There's only if the clone troopers are only the guys in charge. True. The rest of these are just people. Yeah. That'd be a high body count, though, if it wasn't well, said this done. I know. <laughs> but hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. They ran into the thing where they're like, oh, no, they're not droids anymore. Yeah. What are we going to do? We can't show blood. Uh... I get it. But also that. <laughs> that the, the little the, light ring. Bloop, yeah. The, okay. My nitpick for this episode is also blaster-related. <laughs> okay, so a blaster, if you shoot a door panel, control panel, it opens up the door. Also, if you take a blaster and shoot that same uh, door control panel, it shuts the door. <laughs> what does a blaster do when you shoot the control panel? Depends if the door's open or closed. It can't do both, though. <laughs> no, pick one. I know, right? It either destroys well, the mechanism and the door automatically opens... Or it destroys the well, mechanism. I mean, me- uh, according to <laughs> according to the first Star Wars movie, it locks it when you shoot it because that's what Luke does. See, but they do it both ways. It might not just be this episode; it might be the episode previous to it. This as well, thirteen and fourteen. But I noticed it enough to put yeah. it in my notes. It's like, nope, it's what? Pick one. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're gonna go by the movie, it locks it because I specifically remember one of my favorite things was the door like slowly getting cranked open. Yeah, by stormtroopers. Yep. So we get to see Gregor and all that fun stuff. And then uh, this is where we have, uh, again, some of the, is this bumbling him falling out? (laughs) A hunter falling out? Is that a bumbling thing? I don't know. Because it doesn't normally happen? No, this was an accident, a mishap. Yeah, a mishap. So hunter has a fall and gets captured. Yep. And then, uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? That leads us into part one of two of the finale the battle for Kamina which to me should have just been the finale I don't know why there was two episodes anyway 15th call of return to Kamino Hunter's taken back to Kamino the water city that we know from the prequels the clone facility the yep. clone facility there and he sees us getting evacuated and Crosshair's captured him mm-hmm. well I mean the Empire captured him and he was handed over to Crosshair a part um, I loved and Yes, I thought this episode's great. The interaction between Hunter and Crosshair. Mm-hmm. Again, Crosshair has probably the most character development in the show of any of the characters to me. And he's developed as a bad guy that you can root for. Yeah, I really, that's why he's probably my favorite character <laughs> in this. And so Crosshair is setting up a trap, an yes. obvious trap, but he knows that. He knows Wrecker. He, well, he knows all of them. Yeah. He's, they're his brothers that he fought with, and he knows they're going to come. And Hunter's like, they're going to know it's a trap. And he goes, oh, I know. Yeah, that's fine. It's all going according <laughs> to plan. Yeah. Bring it on. And Camino's being evacuated. 
why is it being evacuated? What's going on? And, and man, one of the overarching things is the animation in the show is so good. They leveled up. Like, so good. Yep. I really like the animation, and it really shines in this episode at the very end. Oh, absolutely. When they eva- they're evacuating the facility so they can get rid of it. The Empire's done. We're done with clones. We're on to humans We're done now. with clones. We're done with Kamino. Mm-hmm. We well, might have so we might have some use for the Kaminoans, but yep. we don't have use for this facility anymore, and we don't want anyone else using it. Yeah. So pull up the Star Destroyers, and orbital bombardment is one of my favorite things in Star Wars. I always liked it in Battlefront when you could call an orbital bombardment in. That's it. And it looked so cool. It was like the best anime ever. It was just it was, yeah. yeah. It was so cool, and it was also kind of like. Uh, prequels were done with you. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was like literally one of the most iconic worlds from the prequels and the Empire just levels it. It's gone. They do such a great job with it. It's paced well. It's nice and tense. Like it's part evacuation movie. It's part disaster movie. Like yeah. Also, it's lasers and explosions. Right. And that that's not where it ends. But this is it's in my list for its action set pieces for this series that are just so well designed. And like you're saying, animated. Ugh. Yeah, and you get the Bad Batch going against Crosshair, and all this, all the fighting is going on. And now this, when Omega helps the Bad Batch out here, yes, this is a perfect one, like a perfect way Mm -hmm. that no one is messed up at all. But she's like, "Hey, they're up in that training area Mm -hmm. up there, and there's all these training droids down here. And if I activate them and send them up there, yeah, then they're going to cause a distraction." And the boys will be able to get out of it. Done. So she, what she's using is she's using their capability, their ability to help them, not yeah. their messing up. Nope. So see what I'm saying? This is a perfect way to use Omega yes. in, in my mind. So then it's great because, you know, they're fighting and doing all this stuff. And then this place starts blowing up. So then it's like one of those classic, well, I guess we're going to have to work together because we're getting blown up. Yeah. Your enemy is my enemy. But the thing is, though, so did you think, so Return of the Camino ends... On like a cliffhanger. Yes. Shouldn't that have been an end of they could they the could have bookended it with long episodes? Like do the premiere, make the make the last one seventy minutes too. Because this would have worked perfectly as a full feature this one to the I next see one. what you're saying. So yeah, make this one out either to me it's either make this one longer. Yes. Or stop it there and make that the cliffhanger for season two. Yeah, there you go. Either way. But it was kind of weird because 16 Camino Lost, the last episode of the series, mm-hmm. to me was, it wasn't as compared to the other one, was so exciting. It was kind of like, uh, I mean, it was like the Poseidon Adventure or something. Yes. It was basically like that, but I think you're right. It would have come better on the heels mm-hmm. of what had just happened yep. instead of like waiting a week. And then they figured they had 16 episodes they could draw it out a little yeah, bit. Again, they did that so you wouldn't cancel it, I think. Yeah. No, hey. But Camino Loss is basically a Poseidon adventure. They all have to work together to get out of the sinking underwater, underwater facility. facility. Yeah. Uh, and they do. But it gets it gets creepy. Oh, another great action yeah, set piece. It's I know. awesome. It's like aliens when that the sea creatures coming at them yeah, in the yeah, tunnel. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? <laughs> it was great. And then this is also we get tons more character development of Crosshair, mm-hmm. where Omega, the, the they all get in the clone pods to go to the surface and yep. And AZ's running out of battery, <laughs> and he like sinks down. And Omega's like, "No, I'm not gonna let it happen." So she gets out of the thing and goes to save him, and then she starts drowning too. Yep. And Hunter's like, "No!" And then Crosshair looks like he's gonna shoot Hunter in the back of the head. Yep. But then he shoots some kind of rappel rope to grab AZ and bring Omega up. through the water down yeah. like 50 feet. Oh, great shot! It's Crosshair just being like, yeah, "Yeah, this is what I do. Let yeah. me get them." And then everyone's like, oh, is he good now? And then, uh, no, I still think you're wrong, but he's like, come with us. And then, nope. One of the parts that I loved about these last two Camino episodes is like the the amount of like love they show to Crosshair because he gets to do this whole monologue where he's like, you guys abandoned me. Mm-hmm. It's almost his come to the dark side speech because he's like, hey, yeah, yeah. we're in the right. Is he a Sith now? It was kind of like a Sith. It really thing. was. Yeah. It was like, join me, you know, yeah. come to the dark join side. Join me. We, we have, can rule the galaxy. We have power and snacks. It is <laughs> so cool. But you couldn't find error in the things that he was saying. He's like, I, I didn't lose faith and I didn't make the wrong decision. You guys did. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of right. Uh, but then there's the tit for tat of uh, Omega saves, saves Crosshair. Crosshair saves uh, Omega and uh, AZ. So 
It's a nice little balance. And I also saw that where some people were trying to defend some of the filler episodes because Crosshair references, like you guys are running around the galaxy doing these dumb things. Yeah. When you could be in the Empire doing important things, basically. Yeah. And I'm like... Okay, but did we need so many dumb things? Yeah. We could have just had like two dumb things and then <laughs> have it implied that they did a lot of other dumb things. But we have 16 episodes. Yeah. Let's show a bunch of those <laughs> dumb things. Oh, man. So that was, that's it. So we're going to roll into pizza ratings. And for those who don't know, we like to rate stuff based on pizza because pizza is awesome. Yep. But depending on how awesome the pizza is, depends on how many slices of the pizza you want to eat. So... Typical pizza pie is cut in eight slices, so we have an eight-slice rating. Eight slices is the best, meaning we're going to eat that whole dang pizza no matter how bad it makes our tummy feel. Yep. <laughs> and one slice, I don't think we've ever given anything one slice. No. is not great. We'll pizza. have to subject ourselves to some recommended one-slice media and see Maybe, how it goes. Yeah. So, Mikey, what do, you, what do you give Bad Batch out of eight slices? Uh, I'll take the suspense away. It's going to be a six-slicer. With with two toppings. I, this is a, a good meal for me because I enjoyed the show greatly. For reasons, like I said, great action set pieces, great animation. Love the droids, love the Bad Batch, like just watching them work together. Uh, one guy does all their voices and they're all unique. I love it. But it loses a little bit because of that kid's show aspect. Maybe that's me wanting something from it that it isn't. But also, it's six slices because this is like level one first adventure D&D party. Like, they've just met at the inn, which is Sid's place. They're figuring out all their talents, and there's some bumbling nature in there. But I think now that we're, like, doing power creep and get ready for season two, I think we're going to see less of the things going wrong or mistakes happening and more just insurmountable odds that they'll still overcome because it's Star Wars, but it'll be balanced out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But, like, first season of Clone Wars is you could skip most of it. Yeah, that's true. If I did a rewatch of this, I'd skip a few of them, but I'd yeah. go back and rewatch it. So six slices for me, two toppings. All right. Well, for me, now I'm going to preface this, that some of these episodes I would give like seven slices, yep. and some of them I'd give probably the two or the, um, maybe even the one in some of them. I don't know. But the show kind of dragged at times for me. Like I, I didn't like that expository dialogue, yep. like a kid's show. Omega could be a little much for me at some times. I think that... They didn't quite balance the her being capable and her being she can be kind of annoying sometimes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, yep. But I, and I don't think she needed to be. I think you could have done that better. Yep. And like I said, having Omega be capable at the expense of the Bad Batch really wasn't a great choice in my opinion. I liked how Omega being capable for the benefit of the Bad Batch. True is a better way to do it. You can get them in situations that isn't from them messing up which is what happened with Crosshair. They were just against something that was too much for them, Yep, which is fine. The animation's excellent. Loved it so much. The score is great. That's yep. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. yep. Sounds um, right. But me, I'm giving it overall. I, I, I stopped watching this in the middle, and that's not good for a show. Fair enough. So I'm giving it five out of eight slices, but I'm putting some toppings on there because it had <laughs> some good stuff. I will watch the next season to see. I don't like the excuse of Clone Wars first season was slow, Rebels first season was slow, because by this point, you've already done those two guys, Filoni yeah. and crew. But they you should yeah. be able to start off going, start off on the run. And they probably could get away with it, but I don't think Hollywood would let them. It's yeah. like, we're starting. Everybody has to, we're starting page one. Yeah, I know, but golly. I'm anyway. with you. I'm with you, though. I say jump in. I never want to see a Batman or Spider-Man origin movie ever again in my yeah. life. I'm with you. Just right. people know it. Go. All right. Mikey gave it six out of eight with two toppings. I gave it five out of eight with, I don't know, a couple toppings. Uh, what do you guys think? Are we crazy? Yes. Was this the best show ever? Eight out of eight, full of stuff. Was this terrible? Why would you watch this kid's show? Do you not like it at all? Let us know. You can hit us up on all of socials at AssumingPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on Instagram most because it has pictures and we're visual and it's more fun. Uh, you can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. <laughs> I was getting ready to use, I was, I'm used to the question now. Uh, but I always like the dot com. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it as Omega. Dot com. Ricky. Hunter. Omega. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. We always ask. I, I always ask. Not we. I'm not a royal over here. I always ask Mikey 
in what format would he like the email sent to us? In the past, we've done stuff like telegrams and correspondence in Civil War times. Mikey, when they write to assumingpositions at gmail.com, how would you like it formatted? Uh, short and sweet, just so I can make this point. Bad Batch has a skip intro button for each episode, and it's the most useless skip intro <laughs> button ever because it's a title card. It's five seconds. It's it's pointless. So make your email five seconds long. I, I'm, I'm going to read a bunch of them. You can send multiples. That's fine. But short and sweet like that Bad Batch title card is just bow. That's the whole intro. <laughs> oh, yes. Please let us know. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We want to thank... That guy Brad for doing our round saying, not Scott Production for our equipment, Jazzar for our music, and we hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week with something new. Hope your chip malfunctions and you get cool clone powers. <laughs>